You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Excited that you are here with us. On today's program, we are going to chat with Luke Robinson from the Locked On Bama podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Coaching Goats. Mike Krzyzewski with our Duke Blue Devils. Nick Saban with the Alabama Crimson Tide. We'll talk about them on today's program. Looking forward to that. My name is JJ Jackson. I'm the host of this show. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore and follow the show on Twitter as well at LO underscore Blue Devils. Be sure to follow Locked On Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a five-star rating and review particularly if you're on the Apple Podcast platform, go ahead and write out a five-star review. I really do appreciate that. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out every day when you fill out the uh, subscription and follow on your podcast platform. If you ever have any questions that you would like to be answered on our show, send us a tweet at LO underscore Blue Devils or an email, LockedOnBlueDevils at gmail.com. About once a month or so, every three weeks maybe, I do a Mailbag Monday edition of the program, compiling all your questions and talking about that with the latest in Duke Athletics. Coming up in just a moment, we're going to have the opportunity to chat with Luke Robinson of Locked On Bama about Coach K and Nick Saban dominating their sports. BetOnline.ag is a proud sponsor of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season, the Major League Baseball, is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you can receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code LOCKEDON on the website when you sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome back into the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Blue Devils host JJ Jackson. Thrilled today to be joined by Luke Robinson, one of the hosts of Locked On Bama. Luke, it's always uh, good to chat with you. How are you doing? Uh, doing great, buddy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's not too often that folks see a crossover episode and they see Duke, they see Alabama, they don't have too many games and rivalries and that sort of thing. Uh, but they're coaching icons for both of these programs that uh, we felt like it'd be pretty cool to chop it up and talk about some of their stories, uh, similarities, differences, and that sort of thing, right? 
Uh, definitely. I mean, look, how often do you get to uh, be in an era of such greatness? I mean, with with Saban, obviously, but with Coach K, I mean, it, it's incredible. Uh, look, I've as long as I've followed co college basketball, and that's been a long time, I'm a lot older than you. Uh, <laughs> I, I have uh, I've known Coach K to be with Duke. And so to, for him not to be there, look, I remember vividly my brother at uh, who is now what 43, 44. Um, I remember when he was about eight or nine years old, we drove him to Duke's basketball camp. Um, and so, and, and coach K was the, the coach then. Right. Um, and it was just a cool moment to get to walk around the campus. And then of course I got to walk around the campus again when uh, Alabama played Duke in football in 2010. Um, that was a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, there's look at my grandfather, um, was actually going to uh, play at, at Duke. Okay. Um, he, he, yeah, so uh, play football. Um, so, yeah, it's – look, there, there's a lot of uh, – a, a lot of cool stuff, a lot of tie-ins for me with Duke. And um, uh, to, to have Coach K be there for so long and now to think about his not being at Duke is um, – is, is, is surreal because it's going to really change the way we look at college basketball. No doubt. So many similarities. I went to that Duke basketball camp myself multiple years growing up, and uh, it's something that obviously if you're there forever, a coach can put on the same camp over and over and over again, and everybody wants to go to, to learn from somebody like him and just to be a part of such an incredible atmosphere inside Cameron Indoor Stadium that I think as time moves on, I hope that people – don't stop thinking about how great of an atmosphere it is inside Cameron. It was so different this year, not having fans to be there, but for folks outside of the region, outside of that North Carolina area, Luke, when they go to Duke's campus and you are actually inside Cameron, it's very surreal how small that venue actually is to turn into that kind of a game day environment. Oh, there's no question. I mean, look, I, I travel a lot for work too. So I've been in the research triangle area several times and, um, just the the fact that I'm an SEC homer. I, I have no qualms about saying that. I'm an Alabama guy. I'm, I'm an SEC guy. Um, but, you know, it, there's something cool about how close a lot of those campuses are in the ACC, and, and it really fuels the rivalry. And um, the one thing about Cameron Indoor, I mean, I've heard people talk about it when they, when they have gone. I haven't had the privilege to go. I want to do it, certainly on the bucket list. But when – they do go, they realize, okay, it's, 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 it, it, there's some areas that are pretty dated. It's smaller. It's, right. it's, uh, you know, as I like to say about Tennessee, Knoxville, um, when I go to Neyland stadium, they, when they made their football seats, I think they used the average width of the human posterior from like <laughs> 1920 and they need to redo it for now because all of our butts have gotten a lot bigger. Yeah. And so, really too close together. And I think Duke is sort of the same way that it's, it's really, you know, crowded and, and really mushed in there pretty good. But, you know, there's something about that, that, that screams college basketball to me. And I know we live in an age where everybody's got to have the bigger and the best, and you got to have all these led lights that then shoot fireworks and do all this other stuff. But there's something about just being at Cameron indoor where the electricity is generated from the fans, not from all this, um, all these outside power sources that is really, really cool. So yeah, it's Cameron indoors, uh, certainly a special place. I'd love to visit sometime. 
Well, let's turn that around, Luke. Let's talk about Bryant Denny Stadium, where, where Nick Saban makes magic happen and, and so many great coaches before him. But Nick Saban, in particular, uh, the greatest coach of all time in college football, in my eyes. What makes Bryant Denny Stadium such a tough place to play and all the history that's there? Well, I, I, went, to, I went to Alabama from 91 to 95. And um, playing at home there was a little different in the sense that um, when, we, when I was there and it was Gene Stallings, uh, we treated it like Bryant Denny was kind of a, a bar that, that somebody underage was trying to get into and we were the bouncer, you know, and we had to keep them out. We treated it like defense and that's the way we played was defensively. And I think now Saban under Saban is different because we treat it like, okay, you, we want to go on the attack immediately and we want to embarrass you as quickly as possible so that you give up and we can put our scrubs in. That's, that's the mentality now. It's a much different way. I've been at Bryant Denny a few different ways. It's a much different atmosphere now. And um, boy, everything was so subdued when I was in college. Uh, there were one or two games where things got really hype. Uh, the Georgia night game with Eric Zier against Jay Barker comes to mind. But for the most part, all the games were just tense from our end because it felt like we were just trying to make sure that we held up our end of the bargain to, to not let the opponent score enough to beat us. We were going to score about 17 points. Now we look at it as a fan base where we go in there and we're going to have guys like Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle or Mark Ingram or Derrick Henry, and we can go, okay, how are you going to keep up with us? And it's a lot more fun to, to treat the game that way. Um, so Brad Denny is – I know uh, back in the day, Bear Bryant um, – had the longest home winning streak in college football. Miami ultimately broke it, but it was a deceptive streak in the sense that the home streak also included, uh, or excuse me, didn't include Birmingham games. So it only included Tuscaloosa games. And at the time, all the big games were played in Birmingham for Alabama. Right. So of course we had a long winning streak with uh, playing a bunch of, uh, you know, no offense, but the Mississippi States and the Southern Miss versus the Auburns and the uh, the Tennessees. So, but the thing that makes Brian any great now is that it is on the cutting edge of technology. It is on the cutting edge of um, what recruits want to see, which is the the key. I mean, that's the thing you want to you want to kowtow to your recruits and to your biggest donors. And so, Alabama skyboxes are second to none, and the the amenities for recruits. The, the light show, all that stuff that I sort of railed on earlier is second to none at Bryant Denny. And I can kind of get behind that too, because I'll tell you what, uh, last year, even though it was about, what, one-tenth full, that Georgia game last year with the LED lights and everything going ballistic, it was pretty cool. Quick break in our conversation with Luke Robinson from Locked On Bama to talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It is so delicious. 18 amazing flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, mint brownie, orange, coconut, just to name a few. As bars are covered in 100% chocolate, they are soft and easy to chew. Great for the health conscious person. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. 
Built Bar on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're talking with Luke Robinson. He's one of the hosts of the Locked On Bama Podcast. I'm JJ Jackson with Locked On Blue Devils, a crossover edition, talking about some of the coaching goats, Nick Saban with Alabama football, Mike Krzyzewski with Duke basketball. Give me a few reasons why you think Nick Saban has been able to turn Alabama into the most dominant football program in the country. Well, I think first and foremost, um, Nick Saban just – he's so laser-focused. And and I think Krzyzewski has been this way too for the most part. And I think this is what sets those two guys apart. They're willing to adapt. I mean, you know, Krzyzewski had this attitude like, I'm not going to recruit the one and done. Right. And then you realize kind of quickly, okay, if I don't do that, that that's fine for me to die on this hill, but I'm literally going to die on this hill <laughs> because I'm not going to win anymore if I do this. Um, and Duke is one of the few places – that has the ability to really recruit a one and done and get the most out of them. Right. You know, there's some other one and dones out there that are just showing up and going through the motions. Well, he can actually get you there and coach you up. And I think Nick Saban sort of the same way. People always wonder how do Alabama, how does Alabama get all these five stars to come there? Because they automatically assume that because other five stars are already on campus that they'll sit the bench. Alabama plays more freshmen on the football team than just about anybody in the country because the mantra is if you come in and you're good enough and you're better than the senior, I don't care what the senior's done. I'm going to play you. And so there's always this sense that a kid can win the job. He doesn't necessarily have to sit behind a senior just because he's a senior. And um, Saban has done a great job of selling the idea that, look, I know you're here for college. That's great. We want you to get an education. All that's true. At the same time, you've got a number one learn to play as a team. Um, there are going to be some times where you have to lean on a Devontae Smith more or a Derrick Henry more or a Mark Ingram more. But for the most part, this is a team uh, situation, team program. And uh, secondly, you've got to come every day and treat every game as if, it's, as if it is the same. You've got to come and treat Georgia State like you treat Auburn. Now, as a fan, I don't do that. And I know that I can't do that. But as a player, I think that's why Alabama is, is so consistent uh, with this. And, again, I think Duke's kind of the same way. I mean, how often does Shisevsky get upset? I know Mercer's happen and weird things happen and kick right. sixes happen too. Um, they're part of it. I mean, Shisevsky and, and Saban aren't perfect because nobody is, but they're the closest thing to it. No doubt. The, the Mercer games, the Lehigh games, like you mentioned, the kick yeah. six games, they're missed field goals here and there and that sort of thing. But for the most part, they dominate this. I love what you said about the freshmen. If, if you're the best player, you're going to play. And that's the same for Duke when Coach K makes the transition to one and done in 2015 with Jaleel Okafor, Justice Winslow, Tyus Jones. They're ahead of Marshall Plumleys, the Emil Jeffersons. These, they, they were four and five star guys in their own rights. But they weren't the best at the time, which is why the freshmen ended up playing on those big teams. And, I mean, that's a pretty gutsy decision for some coaches to make, to say to your upperclassmen who have been there with you for three or four years, you're not going to play, you're going to come off the bench, or you're going to get reserved backup time because I've got better players in front of you. You know, and, and I think it's gutsy in, in our minds as fans, and probably more so in my mind, because I'm I'm older school again. I, sure. I was in school when Gene Stallings was there, so there's no more old school than that. <laughs> um, but I think it's less gutsy now nowadays. I mean, look, the the coaches are getting, I mean, incredibly younger. But right. I mean, th- there's it's almost a Benjamin Button situation with the coaching <laughs> ranks right now, and so these these younger coaches 
identify with these younger players. And if you know this younger generation, and this is true probably for every younger generation, but this one specifically, that they're kind of like, why do I have to wait my turn to make my money? I want to make my money now. I'm good to make it now. I mean, look, I've got a four-year-old daughter. I've got four kids. It, I got a four-year-old daughter that is much better on her iPad than my parents. It's not close. <laughs> it's not close. And so my point is kids know more now. They, they learn exponentially faster now because the, the resources are there. So they have the ability to do things faster than we did when, when I was growing up or when uh, my parents were growing up. They don't have to wait their turn anymore. They're already good enough. Um, and so I think that, uh, you know, some of these young coaches can identify with these younger players and realize, hey, look, I I'm not going to sympathize with a senior just because he, you know, struggled mightily to, to stay on the team. Uh, yeah, that's a great story. But I'm trying, number one, I'm trying to win football games because if I don't win football games, they will fire me after one year. Right. That, that's been proven time and time again. And secondly, this younger guy is just better. Isn't that what we're trying to teach kids too? That if, you know, if somebody's better, they should get the gig. Yeah. No doubt. We're talking about Coach K and Nick Saban dominating their sports. A couple of more questions and moments here in our conversation. Again, Luke Robinson, host of the Locked On Bama podcast, J.J. Jackson with Locked On Blue Devils. Nick Saban had some time in the NFL with the Miami Dolphins. Coach K has often talked about his time as the USA men's basketball coach, winning three Olympic gold medals that that is, was so important in how he saw the game and also being able to use somebody like Kobe Bryant, like LeBron James, to be in your corner to help you in the recruiting front as well. He was someone that was sought after for the Boston Celtics job a couple of times, the Lakers job a time or two in the early 2000s. What about Nick Saban's time with the Dolphins? How was he able to use that to his advantage? Or maybe he, that wasn't something that he did. When you look back on what Saban could have taken away from those NFL days, Luke, I think one of the great misconceptions about Saban is he failed as an NFL coach. Wayne Huizenga wanted to keep him. He desperately wanted to keep him. Um, and I think the Dolphins were on the verge of, of getting a lot better. And it wasn't Saban's idea to not take Drew Brees. He wanted Drew Brees, but the doctors uh, advised not to do that. Now, sometimes doctors are wrong, too. They're not perfect either. And obviously, uh, that didn't go the right way. But I think for the college football world and the college basketball world, it's so much better that Nick Saban came to the college game and that Coach K never ventured into that Boston Celtics job, which I think he was pretty close to taking, at least, you know, from uh, from this distance. I remember sure. believing, OK, he's going to take that job. <laughs> and I didn't want him to because I like college guys being college coaches. And I think that um, you can tell, I mean, Calipari, for instance, to me, he seems like a pro coach in college. And like he really wants to be in the pros, but he's got it so good at Kentucky, just about can't leave. Right. Um, but I think that Saban and Coach K realize, hey, look, this is where I belong. I could probably succeed at the next level, but I'm I'm like excelling at this level. <laughs> and I, I'm the I'm the bitch mark. I'm the thing that people say, well, you'll never be a Nick Saban or you'll never be a Coach K. And so, but how do I think the Miami Dolphins uh, job changed Saban? I think that it, it humbled him a little bit because um, it, he couldn't approach the players at Miami the same way he approached the players at Alabama, at least initially. I think he softened up a little bit over his time at Alabama. Now he didn't have to be quite the hard ass. I don't know sure. if I can say that on your podcast, but I'm saying it. Um 
so he can he softened up a little bit. Um, and I think that it's great for Coach K to have been around all those Olympic teams to be around those pros, that, like you said, and and talk to them and realize and talk to guys who didn't go to college, like a Kobe Bryant, like a LeBron James, and say, okay, if you had gone to college, what would you have wanted to have learned right. that you didn't get to learn because you went straight to the pros? Um, and so I think that, that that kind of experience is invaluable. And it's, it's ironic you bring up Kobe Bryant, because if you remember a couple of years ago, before his tragic death, uh, Kobe Bryant was invited to speak to the Alabama football team. Um, and it was a, it was a big deal. It was all over ESPN. It wasn't just a, hey, here's Kobe Bryant, y'all. It wasn't that. Kobe talked to the team for like an hour and had the, the, you know these big, long talks about life experiences, not just about you know, sports, but life experiences. And um, so to, to be able to get close to guys like that is so helpful, again, to be able to relate to a lot of the kids you're recruiting. Because, I mean, look, let's call it the way it is. Nick Saban and and Coach K are, are recruiting a lot of African-American youth. Right. And it's hard to say that Coach K or Nick Saban knows the young Black experience all that well. I mean, so they need – somebody in there to say, okay, how am I supposed to communicate here? Because sometimes there may be a disconnect and I can't just be the old school, uh, old fashioned coach where I say it's my way or the highway anymore. That doesn't work for today's players. You have to be able to uh, figure out a way to communicate with them and get your point across, you know, and get it across well and understand that, okay, you're still the coach, but with a sense of empathy. And I still, when you get to talk to a guy like Kobe Bryant, who was idolized, not just by the African community, the African-American youth, but also just about everybody for the most part, um, they can really help you bridge that gap. How much time does Nick Saban have left in Tuscaloosa? That was the big talking point conversation in the Duke basketball world before Kay made his decision to retire. And I know that same question is asked quite often. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that it's going to be close to when his contract is up. I mean, people think I'm silly about that. Um, maybe I'm being way too much of an optimist as an Alabama fan. But, you know, Bear Bryant quit coaching and died not shortly thereafter. I'm not saying that's necessarily going to happen to Saban. Saban's probably in a lot better health than Bear Bryant was. But uh, at the same time, you know, this is his life. And, and people can say, well, that's – that's sad and, and that, you know, you should be more about your family, but you know, JJ, you, you also uh, host the show in, in Auburn. You know right. about the passion of all this. You, you have been a fan of Duke all your life. You know about the passion there. I've been an Alabama fan all my life. I know about the passion and I'm trying to, you know, right now navigate my way through all this name image likeness, uh, expanded playoffs, uh, potential player salary transfer portal. And try, I want to be sure that we still hang on to the football that, that I love and am passionate about because it scares me in a sense, like I, I'm not saying I will perish from it, but it would certainly change my life greatly if I quit caring about football as much as I care about it right now. And I think Saban cares about it exponentially more than I did. So for him, if, if he were to walk away from the game, I don't think he's the kind of guy that can just go play golf, eat little Debbie's and come home and kiss his wife on the cheek. I don't think that's his life. I think that he want, he realizes he has an incredible gift, not just for winning football games, but for um, impacting young lives. I mean, you look at the guys he's put in the pros, like a Julio Jones, like Jonathan Allen, they sing Saban's praises all the time. 
even guys that didn't pan out at Alabama, the Kenyon, I mean, not Kenyon Drake, excuse me, um, uh, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara has said several times, like, yeah, I screwed up at Alabama. I, I kind of wish I'd stayed there. I mean, it would have been better for me to stay there. But at the time, I, I didn't get it. I get it now. I mean, he he has no hate for Saban because it didn't work out. It's the, it's the opposite. Um, so I just think he's going to be here until about 28, 29. At least I hope he is because I'm one of those guys that never wanted Brett Favre to retire. I, I never wanted Joe Montana to retire. I, I want everybody to play as long as they possibly can because I love watching this Tom Brady thing. I think it's so cool. <laughs> We're all enjoying the Tom Brady experience. We never want that to end. So 2028 is the, the extension year in, in for Nick Saban there at Alabama. And so this could be a difficult question forecasting seven years into the future, but it was something that was always asked of Coach K at Duke, and it's something that's always going to be asked there with Nick Saban. In terms of names or in terms of a succession plan, is there any line of thinking there, Luke, or is that a bridge when we get there? I, I mean, certainly I would have thought it was Dabo Sweeney at one time um, when I thought that potentially he would not, uh, Saban that is, would not be coaching. You know, I thought four years ago he was going to retire in four years. I thought 10 years ago he'd retire <laughs> in four years. You know, that's a, everybody was like, well, we got about four more years left. Well, that four years turned into a lot of years. Um, and I think there'll be a lot of coaches on that, you know, on that coaching tree branched off. Um, by the time we get to 2028, I think Dabo, as much as he loves Alabama, and I've had um, I've had the pleasure of being around Dabo Sweeney a lot. Um, I was very fortunate when he was in Birmingham uh, selling real estate. I think uh, he and I were on the same like intramural basketball team. Just the coolest guy. <laughs> Couldn't have been any nicer. I didn't know he was going to be a superstar, and then he was inducted in the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame a couple of years ago. I got to sit at the table with him, and he remembered that he was on that team with me. After all these kids he's met, all these people, right. met, he remembered me, and I truly appreciate. It. He may have been lying, but I appreciated it. Right. And but my point is that see, I think Dabo has made his market Clemson, so I think that ship may have sailed if Saban's going to be there that long. But maybe somebody. I mean, people are going to laugh when I say this, but what about somebody like a Pete Goldie, who is really literally cutting his teeth at Alabama right now? He's taking his shots. People have called for his head a few times, but he's beginning to find his way. The defense is getting better. He's recruiting a lot better. Um, he's making some serious headway in recruiting circles. I mean, this could be a guy that's an option. Um, other than that, though, I mean, there's no telling how many people are going to come and go through the uh, Nick Saban home of wayward coaches between now and then. Right. You're, you're exactly – he has a, a knack for doing that. It's uh, a little bit easier for him to do something like that in a sport like football because you have – so right. many coaches on your staff, whereas Coach K has been led to, to three or four guys on his bench at one time. But I think John Shire in the same light, a 33-year-old. Coach K was 33 when he got the job. And so, sure, if it is somebody like Pete Gold, it, staying in the family in a lot of ways is, I think, what a lot what these schools want to do. And it's what Coach K wanted to do. And I wouldn't be surprised if Saban kind of wants to keep it in his sort of likeness. I agree. And then, you know, the problem is the old saying seems to ring true. You don't want to be the guy who follows the goat. You want to be the guy who follows the guy who follows the goat. <laughs> You're right about that. Luke, listen, I really do appreciate the time. This was a lot of fun talking about the coaching goats in Nick Saban and Coach K. Remind folks about Locked on Bama, what you guys are doing this summer and where they can find it. Yeah, just anywhere you get your podcast, Locked on Bama, it's Jimmy and I. 
uh, Jimmy Stein, who is an Alabama internet legend from way back when, uh, great, a lot of contacts, uh, has some great opinions. And then I'm there as well. I'm not, I'm not going to brag on myself at all because <laughs> frankly, I'm not sure I can, but, uh, we would love for anybody to give us a shout and, uh, give us a shot and, and listen to us because, uh, we try to have fun. We try to bring some different stories, uh, to the experience Jimmy and I both are Alabama alums. We were there at different times and we've, uh, we've survived all the various mics and the other uh, problems <laughs> at Alabama, the Albert Means situation, et cetera. And now we're just, as we say, we're, uh, we're in the salad days and we're enjoying it as much as we can. And Luke, the, the ACC basketball country that might be listening to this, hears it all the time. You hear that it's different in the ACC with football, but it's really different in the SEC with football. And you guys are able to talk about it every day. Yeah, you know, it, it really does mean more. I, I know people hate that advertising campaign, but they only hate it, But I think, because it's true. Um, <laughs> I, look, I've been – I went to see USC play Ohio State years ago, um, and it was fine. This was when USC was really good, too, and Ohio State, too. It was fine, but it it just wasn't the same. It was. I found myself more interested in the 3-2 to two Auburn game, which was going on at the exact same time, wow. the 3-2 to two Mississippi State-Auburn uh, game, as, as the game I was at in Los Angeles than I was at the, in the moment I was in, even though I was in historic uh, L.A. Coliseum. It's just SEC is just different, and, and ACC basketball is the same way, so hopefully people can relate. I love it. Luke, we appreciate it. We'll do this again sometime soon. Thanks, man. All right, buddy. Thank you, JJ. This is the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to say thank you again to Luke Robinson from Locked On Bama. You can listen to Locked On Bama wherever you get your podcasts as well. We had a great conversation about Mike Krzyzewski and Nick Saban coaching goats. Those two guys between Duke basketball and Alabama football have combined for a lot of championships, a lot of wins, a lot of records, a lot of professional players in the NBA and NFL. They're so good at what they do, so it was fun to talk about that with Luke Robinson. This is Locked On Blue Devils. If you want to give me a follow on Twitter, once again, my handle at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore or follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Be sure to follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app as you'll get the latest episode of Locked On Blue Devils as soon as it's available. Check out Locked On ACC for more coverage around the Atlantic Coast Conference. I join Candace Cooper throughout the summer once a week to talk about all the latest news in the ACC. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you again soon. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.